back to another episode of Ales with Aslan, your weekly therapy session between those that sell for a living and those that coach and manage those that sell for a living. And I am so fortunate to be joined today by uh, a guy who's done a lot of uh, coaching and, and selling and managing in his career, John Ferguson. Welcome, John. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. Glad to be here. Yeah, John, th thanks for joining. And of course, before we get into the content, which today we're really going to dig into sales managers and their roles. We think there's, you know, several different hats that they wear. And I'm really looking forward to hearing your, your view on all that. But as you know, by the uh, title of the show, there's a little something we need to do before we get into the, the nuts and bolts of coaching. We got to we got to drink an ale or at least some sort of beer family. And so uh, why don't we get started with whatever you're thinking is cold, frosty, and refreshing on this fine Friday. Yes. Uh, you know, apropos, <laughs> since it's the day before July 4th, so perfectly timed to have an early start to the weekend. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So what, uh, what, what, uh, what, is your choice for uh, a cold and refreshing beverage today? What do you got there? Well, so today, because I'm heading to Asia tomorrow, I've got mm. a week work with the work in Asia. I decided to go with the uh, Far East version and just drink a pretty standard version of Sapporo. Okay. Uh, not light, not dry, just the original Sapporo. Um, and mainly because I'm headed that direction and, uh, and, and it sounded good for where I'm going. That does sound good, and I've had I've had a few of those. Uh, I've only had one instance to go to the Far East, um, but I have dined in many, many Asian and Asian fusion <laughs> restaurants in my life, and uh, always enjoyed a good Sapporo. I am going to do something a little different, and I got to be honest with you, this one, this one puzzles me a little bit, and I'm not sure how it wound up in my cabinet here, but it's called a New Heights Brewing Company. Wait for it. Naval Gazer. This one's out of Nashville, and I've been on a bit of a Nashville kick mm. with my daughter down there. It's a Stout Imperial Double. Now, John, this thing has got 9.25% ABV. Uh, that is that is going to put me on my uh, on my can here pretty quickly. I think uh, this dark Imperial Stout with a toasty aroma and dark chocolate notes isn't so much a beer to crush but rather one to savor. So let's see what this guy turns out to be. Ooh, well, we better get moving with the uh, conversation because <laughs> it may end sooner than later. I may be asleep by the time you finish uh, your, your story here. Uh, well, I hope it's not because I put you to sleep. No, no, that'll be because of this uh, navel gazer. Let's see how that tastes. Mm, that is delightful. Oh, I, I'm getting those toasty uh, chocolate notes. That's pretty good. I like that. Well, John, I know this is a topic that um, that you're uh, completely skilled to cover for us. Um, but but before we get into the topic, why don't you tell the audience why John Ferguson is a, an authority on the um, the concepts of sales management? Well, authority is an interesting word, and maybe maybe it's not so much authority as that uh, experience is what brought me here. I mean, I've been in sales since uh, early days of my career. Uh, sold everything from Coca-Cola to Gatorade to consumer technology, and then found my way to a company called uh, Getty Images in the early 2000s for almost 10 years. Uh, and there we were a young company, $40 million in revenue, and 
very, grew very quickly to a billion and a half dollar company. And I found my way as the head of sales in the Americas and managing several hundred salespeople and needed to quickly learn how to lead, develop, coach my team, including my sales leaders uh, for success. So awesome. it's my experience that brought me here and, and uh, we'll talk about that today. Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. And it's been, it's been great uh, in the time I've been with the company working with you. A lot of us have learned a lot from John um, and all those experiences that he illustrated, but maybe tell the group, you know, kind of what led you to sort of, uh, you know, become more involved with Aslan and, and to become more of on the training side after all that great experience of leading sales organizations. What led you to Aslan? Yeah, it's interesting. My, uh, it's a very interesting intersection. My intersection with Aslan and now doing what I do and working with and for Aslan is that I was a client. So <clears throat> what that should tell the listeners and everybody listening in is that yeah, I'm in sales, have been in sales, and I'm very much like most everybody who's listening today had to go out and carry a bag and lead those and coach those and manage those that had to carry a bag. Well, at Getty Images, while we were growing, I had a need and that need was to get all of us better, equip my sales team with the skills and the competencies that I thought they needed to be a success. We weren't broken. We weren't doing things incorrectly. I just wanted them to get better and give them the skills uh, to succeed. And I went out and did a search with working with my learning and development team and Aslan was one of the four or five that was brought to me. And after talking with the two founders for the better part of a day and then visiting me in my office, it was uh, very clear to me that that was who, who I wanted to work with and who I wanted to work uh, with my team. That's Our relationship was great. They probably worked with us for a couple of years, not every day, of course. But uh, yeah, it was a long standing, very positive relationship as it as we worked with our team, my team, they worked with my team to help give them the skills and competencies that I thought they needed to succeed in the marketplace. Yeah, yeah. And that, John, as you know, is somewhat of a theme around here. Um, as I look around our, uh, our wonderful company, there are a lot of people that were clients before they, they came to join. And, you know, I think that does speak volumes for the value that you saw as a client that made you want to deliver that value to you know, more than one company, you can deliver that to, you know, tens and hundreds of companies over your career instead of just one. And I think that that does speak volumes to the, to the content and really more the value that we deliver uh, out there into the market. So let's, let's talk about that. Let's talk about your role now as a, an independent partner of, of Aslan's and, and some of the successes that mm -hmm. you've, that you've had um, in, in creating and delivering value as it relates to this, this sales manager and coaching, uh, you know, program that you're so, um, so adept at delivering. Yeah. Well, you mentioned something just a minute ago that I want to make sure that gets pointed out. I mean, as a head of sales, whomever you are and whatever you do and, and for whatever company you're doing it with, you may transform a sales organization once, maybe twice in your career in this role. I get the great chance to do that with great companies literally across the globe several times a year right so uh, uh, and let me go back when I said that I said you, you in your career once or twice in your career I do it several times a year so it, it's the pace and the speed at which I get to to see that change and be a part of that change that really that that really drives me and in fact it was interesting how I came to work at Aslan uh, 
I, when I left Getty, I became CEO of a, of, a, of a company that was a small competitor and we had another business. But long story short, when I sold those businesses and kind of came back to Chicago, one of the things I did is I was kicking the tires of what I was going to do next was sign up to teach sales and marketing at the Graduate School of Business at DePaul University in Chicago. Oh, yeah. And it just so happens I called up Tom and Tab and I said, give me some advice. I've got my first class upcoming. I've got 20 graduate students who are going to be looking at me with open eyes wanting to learn about sales and marketing. Can you give me some pointers? I'm now on your side of the I am now on your side of the desk. Yeah. And they said, well, John, does that mean you want to come work for us? I said, no, <laughs> I'm just looking for some ways to get through this. My first class. Well, we've got this project starting in a couple of weeks. We think you'd be perfect. Just give it a try. Tell us what you think. Well, that was about three and a half years ago. I, yeah. I did that project. I fell in love with it. And I've been doing this now for, for three and a half years. Yeah. And, and it is, it's a great model that, that John, that you're involved with, 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 you know, this certified reseller, um, you know, of, of Aslan that allows you to sort of build your business the way you want to build it with the backdrop of great content that comes from, from our company that we've seen, you know, successful for 20 plus years in the marketplace. So, uh, and we could talk a little bit about that later, but let's talk about, yeah. let's talk about sales management because, you know, as, as we, as we talk about every week on Ales with Aslan, this show is really to help the sales reps that are on the front lines every day, but what's the best friend that they could have in, you know, achieving their goals. It's really their sales manager, their coach, the person that really helps them get better. And I know you're out there every day helping those coaches coach better. So let's talk a little bit about maybe those three buckets or hats that a coach might wear. Yeah, well, let's take a step back. I mean, you mentioned something, you know, sales, sales team members. And if you're a coach or a sales leader listening, your team member is largely out there on their own. And they have to make it happen. And a lot of times the check-in comes with the, the word number around it. How are the numbers doing? How are you doing? What's the, where are you as it relates to the plan? And very often <clears throat> there's one thing missing and that's really pure coaching. How can I help? And not number review, but coaching. So at Aslan, we've looked at it and I work with teams and, and particularly in this case with sales leadership teams, uh, we define results as three dials. So what's the desire, productivity, and competency of your team member? Or aligned with that is how are you leading, managing, and coaching your team member? And what dials do you need to change to drive results? Because results, which are typically numbers or other KPIs that your company may manage, are largely a result of your team member's desire, their productivity, not just activity, and their ability to do what they're supposed to do around sales, in this case, engage, discover, build value, or advance, which is all around competency. Yep. So that's that's where we where we work with sales managers, and that's where the word actually catalyst comes from, an agent of change. So what are you changing to make your team better? Yeah, it's a great point, and and you know we've we've covered some of this on previous podcasts, and even talked about you know um, the software that that's available that that helps coaches do this better. Uh, and there's lots of different softwares out there, but Aslan, you know, we've got one as well, and. Um, you can always learn more about that on the on the website. But John, you 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 kind of live this every day, and I'm curious. Like, let's talk a little bit about maybe kind of dive into each for a couple seconds, and then really talk about the holistic approach uh, to 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 wrap that up. But you mentioned lead, managing, coach. Let's talk about you know those sound like the same thing. Some people that sit there as a leader or a manager may say, yeah, that, that I do all three of those things. That's what a manager is. Yeah, but do we define them? What 
does each one of those words really mean to you? Yeah, we do define them in, in one place to start. Just if you were listening and wanted to scratch it on the paper, if you said leading, managing, and coaching, I would ask how much time do you think you do in each out of 100%, right? I mean, and it's not a right or wrong answer. It's just, yeah. would you say I manage more than I coach? I coach more than I manage or I lead more than I do any of the other three. It's just a great place to start. And the reason for that is it kind of sets your viewpoint to where you may, as a leader, as a sales coach, may need to make a change. I mean, leading is all about setting the company direction and providing the vision for the team member to succeed, number one. And number two, it's their desire to want to do the job. And you're always looking at that desire. Does the team member have the right desire? Sometimes tricky to manage, but measuring desire is all about attitude, aptitude, willingness to get things done, go the extra mile, that type of thing. And a lot of it is linked to you setting the vision and them saying, I want to do this because I want to make. I want to make something happen here. I have high desire. Productivity or management is all around activity. Key performance indicators or KPIs as it's commonly referred to. Many companies are great at it. Some are okay of it, at it. Some are trying to define it. But these are things like average order size, time to market, time spent selling, average percent to plan, how many days left in the month and where are we to plan? It's all metric driven. Mm-hmm. Salesforce, Sugar, and others have built huge businesses around this by providing this data back to the hands of sales leaders and sales producers or those who carry bags to help them manage their business. But here's the one fault in that. By definition, because it's data, it's already happened. It's old news. It's rear view focused. In other words, it tells you what's happening and the indications of what might be could happen but it doesn't tell you what necessarily needs to change to make a substantial shift in the way that you're going to approach your customers, approach your business or change for the future. That comes out of competency. And when you're a coach and you look at your salesperson's ability to either engage, discover, build value, which is the presentation phase or advance, which is close. You, you, that's where you want to focus on in terms of where can I help them make changes to improve what they're doing, drive more revenue, drive more customer opportunities, et cetera. So that's the difference between leading, managing, coaching. Yeah, yeah. Excellent. And that is crystal clear. And, and uh, I'm sure people are starting to sort of catch that theme as we talk more and more about these concepts and we try to get reps and managers working more together in, in a true partnership. And, you know, one of the things with, with lead, you, you mentioned, you're saying lead those that desire to be good at their job, right? We talked about it in previous mm-hmm. podcasts with Mark Lampson and Tom and, and others that, you know, it's not, it's not a good idea to try to coach everybody equally because people that don't care whether, whether they're super achievers and just leave them alone, let them go, or they're not going to make it because they just don't care. They don't have the desire to get better. You're best off maybe not spending your time with them, but those people that really do care that want to get better, boy, what a recipe for success. If you've got a coach that wants to help and a rep that wants to produce, uh, you're really going to have a good chance of succeeding. And, and coaching, as we've talked about, is really a one-to-one thing. Understanding what motivates that rep and helping them aspire to their personal uh, achievement. So Yeah, there's actually another, uh, I guess, red flag or problem with that is that typically as sales leaders, as sales coaches, as sales managers, we focus our time with those who who probably want it the least. Why do we do that? Because they're the squeaky wheel. We say something to this effect. 
well, if I spend more time with them, I can fix this. It must be me. They need more time. I've got to spend more time here. And if they don't have the desire or the willingness to improve, which is what you're talking about, choosing whom you coach and yeah. focusing your effort there, it's taking time away from those who could make a meaningful, substantial difference by getting your coaching. We always drift to those who call it what you want, um, problem childs, not doing their job, not quite where you want them to be. Um, now, if they're willing to work and getting them to where they want to go is, an app, is something that they want and you think you can get there, yes. But typically, I think if we ask the hard question, will they ever get it? We sometimes answer no, but we spend a lot of time coaching there. And that robs time from those who could really benefit from our coaching. And, and, we've, and we've said this before, in every sales book you ever read sales, the most precious commodity that anybody has in a selling job is time, right? And so focusing on, right. yeah, focusing on the accounts you can win as a rep, focusing on the reps that can improve as a coach, those are some of the choices you just have to make uh, to be successful. So uh, very good. Now, John, just as we kind of come, you know, full circle and, and, and start to wrap this this week up, I know you are out there every day with clients and maybe without mentioning clients, uh, if that's not appropriate, mm -hmm. you know, can you tell us about a, a place where you've gone where you've had an impact, you know it, the, the, the team has gotten better because the coaches have, have really, uh, you know, focused, learned and approached things in a different manner uh, to help their teams get better. Do you have any good success stories for us? Yeah, I've got, you know, a couple of clients and, and, and you're right, since I didn't get their permission, I probably won't mention them by name, but, but certainly who have asked this, and, and I, can, I think we can all appreciate this. On the front end of our working with them, they said something to the effect of, we're tired of methodology or rah-rah speeches and, and kind of good new, just simply good news stories. Tell us how to do it. What are the steps? If I want to be a better coach, what do I, what can I reference and, and what does that look like? And with these couple of clients specifically, you know, we walked through and we said, look, if you're going to be a good coach, there are really six steps and here they are. Does it mean that you need to do all six every time? No. But if you think you could have done better, you can always go back and reference that. And those six, six steps are all around, look, let the, let the team member self-assess, focus on something positive with that team member. The big one is, are you aligned on the area for improvement? And one note here, I'm not talking about the performance improvement plan, 90 days or you're out. These yeah. are all typically should be good news stories. Love what you're doing. Here's an area that if we get even better at, better things will happen. So team member self-assess, focus on positive, align around where you want them to improve, validate your recommendation with them. Do you agree that we could work on this? And if so, here's the benefit. Then we say something about check your six, which is really asking one more time, is everybody, are you okay with this? If this makes sense? And then put a plan out there. Say, hey, in the next couple of weeks, here's what I'll do and here's what I would expect you to do and I'll check in. And so when we lay out those six steps, it's a reference point. What I've heard from my clients is, you know, John, it's not that I have to do every one, but I certainly know that there are areas for which I need to do better, better and I'll pick one. A lot of times my teams have, team members and sales leaders have, forgot to focus on the positive, really overtly say, here's what I don't think you noticed that I think you're doing great as one example. And it yeah. sets the stage for the other four steps to layer in right behind it. I love that. That's great. That's terrific. Um, 
Well, very good. Uh, I know we've covered a lot in a, in a short amount of time. That's kind of our nature here. Um, but it's, uh, it's always great to have wonderful guests with worlds of experience that people can learn from. Uh, that's the whole point of the show. It's really uh, have a little fun. You know, uh, it, if you've had a bad week, you're kind of, this is a good pick me up at the end of the week. If you've had a great week, it's a nice place to celebrate and, and hear how some other sales organizations are doing things differently that you may be able to apply to your own. John, before I let you go, is there anything else you wanted to throw out there or any kind of uh, uh, promotion of, of, uh, of your company or anything in terms of uh, where people can find more information about you and your, and your team? No, I mean, no, I mean, no, not necessarily. You can find me on LinkedIn um, uh, and, and, or through Aslan's website, happy to help wherever I can. Uh, I, I connected with um, a couple of people on LinkedIn recently about, you know, what, what should I look for in some traits of being a sales leader? And I simply said this in which the catalyst uh, kind of philosophy helps is look, be a tough, honest boss who gives people a chance and hold them accountable. That's what team members want. And the way you do that is you be a catalyst coach, be other centered about it, be a good discipline of the six steps that will help you be tough, honest, you'll give people a chance and you will have the ability to hold them accountable and through accountability, some results. He's John Ferguson. I'm Scott Cassidy. This has been another episode of Ales with Aslan. Hopefully you learned a few things about lead managing and coaching your sales teams. And again, I hope both sales reps and sales managers are like, uh, get something out of these uh, these weekly shows. So it's been great. Have a great weekend, everybody. And we'll see you next week for another episode of Ales with Aslan.